Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Hey, I'm Andy Mon, one of the pastors here at the Valley, and I just want to welcome you to the service and welcome you, those who are joining us online and from wherever you're at. Just great to be together today. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about this sermon series coming up. Because when you shake it all down, there are some key things that the Valley is all about that make it a church that people love to come to. And uh, I, we're going to be sharing those in this four-week series. I went to uh, the beach this spring, and I, I saw all these people. They were, like, just scattered all over the, be- uh, uh, the front, right in the front of the waves. And they were scooping up all this sand. I'm like, what's going on? They were scooping up the sand and shaking it out, and they were looking for shark's teeth. I guess that's a big deal. And uh, shells, whatever else they might find. And they, they, would, they would shake it out. That's really what we're doing in this sermon series. We're going to shake out, there are a lot of important things in life, but we're going to shake it out to what are the four things that make the Valley Church the Valley Church, that make it a place people want to come and love, and that God has in store for us, like his, his key mission for us. Because when we stay on mission, when we stay focused on being the kind of church that God's called us to be, that's when it becomes special. And so you will not want to miss this series. By the way, it's a great one to invite people to. And so there are some invitation cards on your chair. If you're online, uh, they'll connect you. You can go to Facebook and share this, this video you just saw launching in. But if you're here in the room, there are three cards. One's for you, so you can pray over the series. And two are for your friends, your neighbors, whoever else it is that needs to meet Jesus, that needs to know what he can do in their life. And that's, that's a, I'm, I'm just going to challenge you to be the people of God and go out and find people who need to know about him. Well, we're launching, not launching, we're launching that new series next week, but we're, we're actually wrapping up the series about the mind war, winning the mind war. This has been a, this has been a great series for me. I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you at times have to, have to fight the mind war as well. Well, I, I, was, uh, I was thinking, how do you wrap this up? And, and, and as, I, as I got to thinking about it, I, I began to realize that I think Romans has the answer for us. You know, all too often, I think we over, we under, we just pick one or the other. There are two extremes. One extreme is, I'm going to let God fix my mind, and he's going to do it. And there's truth in that. We're going to see that, that we need God's power. We need his, we're going to, I don't want to launch into this sermon yet, but that's one extreme. We're going to let God do it all. And then there's another extreme that says, I can do it myself. Like there are a bunch of New York Times bestsellers about how to, how, how to improve yourself, how to take a step up, how to, how to change things in your life, the self-improvement books, and neither are complete in themselves. And that's what we're going to discover today. So if you've struggled with changing your mind, if you struggle with the mind war, maybe it's because you've relied on one and not the other, and God says, no, I'm, I'm going to use both in your life. So let's, we're going to take a look at that. Um, I, in college, decided I was going to learn to play guitar. I thought I'd be a rock star. You know, why not? It just seems like a good idea. And so I got a guitar, and I borrowed it from a friend, and I went to guitar class, and I remember they showed me how to hold it and put the hand on the fret and, and a couple chords, and, you know, I was, I was moving. And uh, I had to pick a song, so I picked a John Denver song uh, that I was going to, like, learn how to play. And all was going well for about a day. And then I realized it was real work. 
And, uh, and, and so I set aside that whole idea of being a rock star, of learning how to play guitar. It was about that same time, it was a little bit after that, that uh, Donnie Whitney, who you saw lead worship here today, he was, I, I remember meeting him, he was sitting in the teen room back behind the gym, and there's a teen room back there. I remember him sitting, I think, cross-legged on the floor with this guitar, and he wasn't, I don't think, any further along than I was at that time. Like, he was just plucking, trying to figure this thing out. It looked like he had just gotten introduced to the guitar, and he's playing on it and figuring it out, and I, I remember thinking, I wonder if you'll ever be any good. I wonder if you'll ever, you know, you don't know. Well, fast forward 18 years. I haven't done a thing on my guitar, but Donnie's been working it like a madman. And he's been working not only to learn how to play guitar and, and, and to be excellent at that craft, but also learn how to lead worship. And aren't we so thankful for what Donnie is doing in leading us today? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. See, he took a God-given ability, a God-given gift, and he worked it. The reality is that's the difference between somebody who wins the mind war and somebody who doesn't. God gave us the power. He gives us the ability to change our mind. But we've got to cooperate with what he wants to do. Now, there are a lot of things we want to change about ourselves, and a lot of those things are external. We want to change uh, how much we weigh. We want to be funnier. Some of us would like to, you know, tell a joke that, that actually gets a laugh. We want to drive better. Uh, we want to dress better. We want to drive a nicer car. Those are, those are nice things. Those are external things. But you and I, we realize in life over time that those aren't the most important things, and Scripture agrees with that. Oh, oh I was already there. Uh, Paul tells Timothy, his protege, he says, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. You see, we want to work out, we want to look good, we want to do those external things, nothing wrong with those, but that's just for this life. You see, when we change our mind, it will change how we live. And if we change our thinking, we'll change our life. And if we do that, it's going to have value not only today, but it's going to have a value for all eternity. You talk, that, that's exponentially more important than the outward kind of things. And it's the inside kind of things that you and I, when we're honest, need to do the most in. You know, we want to be comfortable in our own skin, don't we? We don't want to compare ourselves to other people. We don't want to be envious of others. We want to feel like we matter. We want to be courageous in the face of fear. We want to stop being defensive when somebody uh, criticizes us. We want to stop um, being defensive about all the things that happen in our life. We want to stop being a slave to the approval of, of other people around us because we can get really caught up in that. Some of us want to change our thinking so we can throw off the change of this sin that maybe has dogged us for a long time. But some of us are in the same place we were five years ago, or we're in the same place we were 20 years ago. And so how do we, how do we finally get it done? How, how do we finally begin to think the way God wants us to think? Because if it's true that our lives are always moving in the directions of our strongest thoughts, then if we can change our thinking, we can change our life for the better. So what's our strategy? Well, I want us to turn to Romans uh, chapter 12, and if you're following along, you can uh, click up the YouVersion link on the app. I highly recommend that. If you're online, they'll give you a link, or just turn your Bible to Romans chapter 12. You know, Romans 12 is my life verse, 
and it used to be just Romans 12.1, I began to realize Romans 12.1 is, is linked to Romans 12.2, and you can't tear them apart. And so now Romans 12.1 and 12.2 are my life verse. And it starts out this way. It says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, this is Paul speaking to followers of Jesus. This isn't the people who are not followers. This is the people who are trusting in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think only unbelievers have wrong ways of thinking. I'm just telling you, believers have, have, a, have a, a, a lot of wrong ways of thinking as well. And it's a transformation that has to take place in our life. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then he goes on, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know what Paul's saying? Paul's saying you got a choice. You can either stay conformed or be transformed. We can either stay conformed or be transformed. You see, you and I have conformed to the pattern of the world. When Sin came into the world. You and I began to think in wrong ways. We began to be deceived by the enemy. And I want you to know you have an enemy. And he, he, wants, to, he wants to make you roadkill. That, that's what he wants to do in your life. And God says, no, I, I don't want that for you. I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if you allow the enemy to come into your life and to change your thinking and to feed you lies, because that's what he has. That's what the enemy has. His weapon of choice is a lie. You know, when you think of enemies, you think, of how am I going to defend myself? And you, you look at the enemies that are out there. I want you to know, Satan has no power over God, zero. And he has no power in your life except a lie. But if you believe the lie, I want you to understand this. If we believe the lie, it will affect our lives as if it were true. See, that's the power that Satan has over you. That's the power that Satan has is the lie. And you don't have to believe the lie, but if you choose to, it's going to mess up your life. But here's the good news. There's a way out. There's a way out. You see, renewing your mind or renewing our mind begins when we offer God our lives as a living sacrifice. You know what that means? That means giving God complete control of our life. It means saying, God, I... I'm going to give you all that I am and all that I hope to be, my desires, my thoughts, my attitudes, my, my finances, my career. I'm going to give it all to you. That, that's what he's saying. Paul says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Live as a sacrifice. Do it his way, 100%, all in for him. That's what I want you to do. And when you do that, you will be able to think and live differently, which is why I think so many of us have failed to allow our minds to change. See, we ultimately get, don't get to live out God's will until we completely give ourselves to him. We haven't taken the first step of the transformation God wants. We want to take the cheap way out. We like want to have a little bit of God, but we don't want to go the whole way. And so we never had the power God called us to have. When I, uh, several years ago, I bought a DIY trailer. I didn't really want to spend any money and somebody had made a DIY trailer, and so I bought it from him because it wasn't going to cost much. And I took this DIY trailer to my brother's. He's, he had horses at the time, and I wanted to get some manure for my garden. And so I pulled that thing up, loaded it up, and uh, headed for home. Well, the springs 
were DIY springs. And when I say that, I'm saying they, they couldn't handle the load. And so they fell down on the tires, and the tires blew, and then they felt it started scratching up the rim, and it busted up the rim. I hit a whatever. And so there I am sitting on the side of the road with no tire, no rim, and a load of manure. That same thing happens when we try to live on the cheap with God. When we only want to give him a slice of our life and not the whole thing. Like, we'll give him this and we'll give him that, but no, God, I, I don't want you to be involved in that part of my life, or no, I'm going to hold this back. The idea that you and I can make Jesus one part of our life and exclude him from others has no basis in Scripture. And the question today if you really want to change your thinking so that you can change your life, is what's holding you back. What's holding you back from giving God complete control of your life? Saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll become whatever you want me to become. What fear do you have of God? What fear do you have of his plan for your life? How's it been going on your own? Those are the questions that you and I have to think through. Because here's what Paul is saying. When we give him complete control, the Holy Spirit fills us. Like God gives us his power. You see, now when you come to know Jesus Christ, when you say yes to him and you begin to make him the leader of your life and you ask him to forgive you and restore you and remake you and you repent, you turn away from your sin, you have all the Holy Spirit you're going to have. But you haven't given him the power in your life. You see, he allows you to make the choice whether you're going to put him on the throne or not, whether you're going to make him Lord. And see, when you say, yes, Jesus, I want you to come into my life, you receive the Holy Spirit, all of them. But when you consecrate your life to him, when you give him complete control, you know what? You are now full of his power, and he will give you the power to begin to think differently in ways that you've never been able to think before. See, it says, and I love this verse, it says, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Well, the spirit who lives in the world is Satan, and he, he has no power that God hasn't allowed him to have, and he has no power over you except the lie. But I want you to know, alone, you're toast. Alone, you are not going to change your thinking. You are not going to overcome the enemy. You're not going to overcome his deceptive ways. But here's the promise. When you give God complete control of your life, he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will give you the power. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And that's a tremendous promise today. Not only does he give us his power, but he gives us his mind. We have the mind of Christ when we allow the Holy Spirit to have complete control of our life. He gives us his mind. I don't think there's any verse that probably, the passage that, that, that makes this clear than the book of Isaiah in 55. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know what that means? That not only does he give you the power to change how you, how you respond to things and the power to make choices, that you couldn't make before, but he also gives you a new mind so that you can see God's plan for what it really is. You can see how beautiful it is. 
and you begin to see it differently than you've seen the world before. And all of a sudden, you begin to understand that God has something beautiful for you. Only God can change your mind in a sense that he now allows you to see beauty for what it really is. Because when you do that, when you begin to see God's plan for what it really is, you make different choices. You begin to think differently. That's why God's, we, we read this in, in, in Proverbs. The seer says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If you change your mind, you change your life. So, Romans 12:1. you can't go on the cheap. You can't just give God a slice of your life and you've tried to change your mind. Maybe you used the self-help books. Maybe you've tried to talk yourself into things, but you just didn't have the power to carry it through. You, you didn't have the mind that said, no, this, is, this really is worthwhile. And so, so you've been stymied. Maybe, maybe that's where you've been at. But, but if you come to that place where you say, God, I want your Holy Spirit to come in. Empower me. Give me your mind. Then the transformation begins. See, There's a second piece to this. There's a part you have to play. You see, you gotta be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's what it said in in Romans chapter two. That's why it's so tied together. First, you have to have the power and the mindset, and God gives you that. That's a gift. You can't do that on your own. No self-help's gonna do it. But then there's a piece that you have a part to play, and this is the part we don't like because we're like, God, just make it happen. I wanna think differently. Make it happen. And God does make it happen in a moment, but then it takes a lifetime of changing. It takes a lifetime of changing. You see, it's not automatic. It doesn't happen on its own. You and I have to cooperate with the grace of God. We have to go through a metamorphosis. That's the word, the Greek word for be transformed. The Greek word for that is, is related to metamorphosis. You probably heard about that in seventh and eighth grade, right? That, that was the idea that the caterpillar turns into the butterfly it transforms it's all it it, the the butterfly is locked in the caterpillar but it's locked in caterpillars can't fly butterflies were made to fly if the caterpillar can learn how to it, it can go through metamorphosis if it can morph it can become what it was meant to be that's the same true or same thing that's true in your life if you will allow God to begin to transform you, to be transformed, it's going to be his power, but you're going to have to allow it, then God wants to change how you think, and then he'll change your life. It's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be a lifetime of work to do. The way you're thinking right now, maybe it's stinking thinking. Maybe it's feeling less than or unwanted, dirty, whatever it might be. That's not the reality that he has planned for you. You see, He created you to fly, not to be a caterpillar. He created you to fly. He didn't create you to live in the place where you're at, that low place, the the lies that maybe you've believed, the less than kind of things. And so you have a part to play. Give him complete control. Let him give you the power and the mind of, of Christ so that the Holy Spirit can work in you and then allow him to begin to transform you. And here's the part you have to play. Here's your part. You gotta remove the lie. You have to remove the lie. That's the, 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 your part in this two-step transformation process. And I'm convinced a lot of people have stopped here. They didn't do the hard work, just like I didn't do the hard work of learning how to play guitar. I just set it aside. Donnie did the hard work. See the difference? We could, we could do that. It wouldn't be a pretty sight, so I'm not going to pull that off here, okay? But the reality is that same thing is true in your life. There are people who've 
consecrated their life to the Holy Spirit, to, to Jesus, and allowed the Holy Spirit power and a different mindset. And then they begin to do the hard work of being transformed. And their life, there's a calmness, there's a peace, there's a joy, there's, a, there's an understanding of who they are. And then there's some of us who've just stayed where we're at, like we've not done the hard work. So you've got a part to play, and so does God. And we have to work together. He's chosen to use you. See, here's the thing. It says this in Romans. They, that is those who've given into sin, have exchanged the truth about God for a lie. That's the problem we're all in, is that we've exchanged what God has for us, his plan for us, we've exchanged it for a lie. And we made a bad purchase. And now, when we, when we give our life to to Jesus Christ, when we give him complete control, guess what? It's almost like we're gained access to the department store where we can now do an exchange. And we can exchange that lie that we bought into for the truth. Like we can make a one-to-one trade. But the reality is you and I, the first thing we have to do to do that is to identify the lie. We have to know what's true and what's not true. And the only way we're gonna discover that is to get into God's word. You see, that's the only way you're going to know. Because look what it says in John. This is Jesus' words. He says, if you hold to my teaching, well, what's his teaching but God's word? If you hold to my word, you are really my disciples. And look what he says. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because we all know that wrong thinking leads to bondage. We all know that wrong thinking leads us to being in a place where we can't really live out freely what God has called for us you got to remove the lie. you got to exchange it for the truth. And, that, and, and God's word is how you determine what's true and what's false. When I was young, I worked for my dad. He was a brick mason. I remember he laid a lot of houses, and, and uh, he, would, he would actually lay up the corners on both sides and just you know, put a string and be able to, to, to really crank through the middle. But I remember he'd lay up those corners, and he, he always had this level, and I thought, he, he was always using that thing. And I was like, that's just a lot of wasted motion. I mean, the bricks looked pretty good to me. You know, he was laying them up and trying to build up, and he would put it on the side and plumb it up. But you know, every time he put it over there, he'd be tapping it, moving it, adjusting. And when he put it on top, he would level the bricks out. And they, to me, they looked level. But when, he, but when he actually put the level on that thing, you could tell they weren't, and he would tap them down. You see, over a long run, if you get it just a little bit wrong here, you get it a lot wrong to the other end. It can go really bad in a hurry. That's what God's word is. It's a true, objective measure about what reality is. And if, and, and if you're not using God's word to decide how you ought to think, you're going to end up messed up. See, because the word wants to be your objective standard. Maybe your favorite commentator or influencer, maybe it's a politician, whatever it is, a, 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 a way of thinking. If, if it's not God's word, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to be off over time. And a lot of wrong thinking has come from following the wrong kinds of people. You know, there's, uh, there's more wrong thinking in our lives than you might ever realize. And, and part of it's because it's automatic. Have you ever driven down the road and gotten lost in thought and you ended up at a stop sign, and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah, you know why? Because your thinking has become automatic. And over time, we allow our thinking to become automatic, and what's actually messed up thinking has become normal for us. It's remote control thinking, and we've got to allow God's Word to point out the areas where we've allowed remote control thinking to lead us in paths that are messing us up. 
there's an entire new teaching now that has come out in modern psychology called cognitive behavioral ther therapy. And what it, what it really is, it, it just reveals that there are a lot of the problems we deal with, the problems with overeating, maybe how we view other people with addictions, even some forms of, of depression and anxiety, they're rooted in wrong thinking. They, they, the idea is that, they're, that, that, that when we think wrongly, it leads to those kind of things. And the solution is to change our thinking. What happens is that when you think a thought or experience something, you know what happens? It creates a neural pathway in your mind. It, it, it creates a little river. And over time, if you keep thinking the, the same thoughts and keep having the same experiences, guess what? It creates a, a deep rut in your mind. And that neural pathway begins to guide how you experience everything and how you respond to whatever happens in your life. In fact, if they become deep enough, they're what the Bible calls strongholds, impregnable, unchangeable without God's help, without his power, without his mind. And so when you're triggered, maybe someone criticizes you. Maybe we see somebody else succeed. Whatever it might be, whatever that trigger is for you, then you begin to think that thought. And the only way to fix a wrong neural pathway is to create a new one. Because we have a set of thoughts and are triggered by certain things and it leads to certain behaviors over and over. So if you've wondered, now why do I do that? I don't want to do that. That's what Paul said in Romans 7. It's because you've got a neural pathway, and when the trigger happens, that's how you think, and then you therefore do. And so you have to identify the lies. What is it that I've allowed in my mind that's cut this deep path, and what do I do? I've got to cut a new channel. You and I have to cut a new channel. You see, the antidote for a neural pathway that's wrong is a new pathway. Instead, instead of living in that rut that you're in, you've got to create a truth trench, a truth trench, trench that runs deeper than the neural pathway you already have. That's the only way it's going to work. You can't just yank it out. No, you've got to go deeper. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but over the life of a river, uh, the reality is that it doesn't always follow the same track. Now, we only see it a few years at a time, so we don't always notice what's happening. But do you know that if, if there's a bend in the river, for instance, and there's a flood, sometimes the river will actually take a weak spot of the bank out and it will reroute the river. Sometimes those bends have happened because there was a weak spot on the bank and it began to flow and cut through and then went to a lower area and actually created the bends. The reality is that, that rivers actually change course over time. Floods and other events often cause those. Here's the deal in our life. If you and I want to change the way we think, we've got to have floods of Scripture in our mind that will cut new pathways. And it can't just be that we read a passage, but it has to be that we declare it, that we internalize it. In fact, that's what the psalmist understood. He said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. See, it's not enough just to read a passage, but we have to own it. We have to internalize it. We have to let it become part of who we are. And when we do that, we'll begin to cut a new pathway through our mind. And it will change your thinking. You know, you can either be me or Donnie with a guitar. That, that's really what it is. And so I, I want to challenge you today. This is where this whole sermon series comes. Are you ready to begin to change the way you think? 
Are you ready to begin to cut a new channel today? That's how we apply this whole series. That's what, we, that's what we're going to do. I want to challenge you today to write some declarations down that are based on God's word that state the truth. And I want you to write them. I want you to think them. And I want you to confess them until you believe them. So you've been given the power of God in you if you've given him complete control. But if you haven't taken that step, you don't have the power and you don't have the mind that would allow you to take that step. But if you've given him complete control, if you've said, I, here's my life, then as you begin to look at God's word and begin to discover the truth, you can apply these declarations to your life and these truths will then become how you respond in life. They'll give you peace and joy. You know, when you feel inadequate, maybe this is the declaration for you. You say, I'm God's chosen. I am his masterpiece, and I'm wonderfully made. I will believe the best about me, and I love who God made me to be. I'm a one of a kind, and God has a special purpose for me. Maybe that's the truth that you need to hear over and over and stop comparing yourself and stop thinking somebody else is better than you. When you feel dumped on by life, when you feel like people have treated you wrongly, Maybe you need to declare, I have all I need in God alone. Everything else is a bonus. I will trust in God and not in what he can provide. Maybe that's the truth you need to say about yourself. Maybe when you're tempted, you declare this over you. Jesus in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I love who God made me to be, and I love who God, what God loves, and I hate what God hates. Maybe that's the declaration you need to say over yourself so you don't give in to that temptation for that desire. Maybe you're feeling pain and you feel like God has abandoned you or others abandoned you. Maybe this is the declaration for you. I am not abandoned because I feel pain. This isn't an interruption to life. It's how God is using me in this moment. I've been counted worthy to suffer for the gospel of Jesus. Jesus loves me enough to prepare me for a great eternity. And you stop thinking that you've, you're messed up because of what's happening in your life. And here's the promise. Here's the promise of Romans 12 too. Then, when you've given him complete control and allowed him to empower you and to give you the mind of Christ, and then when you've begun this metamorphosis over time of finding the lies and replacing with tooth and cutting deeper paths in you and internalizing it, when that happens, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, the word test here means to live out. And there's nothing better than living out God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's his best for you, always has been, always will be. But only when you take those two steps, allow God's power and your cooperation with it to begin to work and do the work over a lifetime, I'm going to tell you, your, chain, your, your, your thinking will change. And some of you say, well, I, you know, I, I, made all, I did all that when I first came to know Jesus. No, you did a lot of it, but I'm telling you that as we go through life, there are lies that creep in there are moments we go through difficult times and we may allow lies to come in or we may have to at least battle them. And so no matter where you're at in life, that still applies to you. As we close this series, I want to share what Craig Rochelle shared with his church. I think it's so important. 
because many of you are struggling over the thoughts in your life and over your thinking. He said this, he says, you are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to your addictions. You are not a victim. You are not failing. You are not unlikable. You are not unworthy of love. You are not your past. You are not what others, you are not what you did. You are not what someone else did to you. You are not what others say you are. You are not who your unhealthy thoughts say you are. You are not done. You are who God says you are. Because of Christ, you are loved. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are new. You are redeemed. You are free. You're blessed. You're strong and mighty. You are chosen. You are empowered. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. Those are some things you need to declare over your life over and over and over and then begin to live in a new way. I think there's one thing that people struggle with more than any other, and that is, do I matter? Am I loved? So I want to leave you with this thought as we close this series. There was a book, it was called The Whisper Test, and it was about a young lady. She shared her story. When she grew up, she had a cleft palate. And so when you go to school, you know you're made fun of. You know it's just not going well for you. She, she spoke with a lisp. Her, her, her teeth were a little bit not in the right place. Her lip was deformed. And, and, and so it was just a tough road for her. And, and she remembers she went to school thinking that only her family could love her, like, like nobody else is going to. She was in Miss Leonard's class at school, and she remembered uh, there was going to be a hearing test come up, and she remembered in the past how Miss Leonard did the hearing test. She would, she would have them come to the front of the room and uh, to the side, and, and she would just whisper in their ear something like, the sky's blue, or your shoes, what, what, you know, your shoes are yellow, whatever it is. She would just whisper that, and they would repeat it back. Well, that day when she came up to Miss Leonard, Miss Leonard says, I wish you were my little girl. And she said, those words changed her life because she felt like for the first time somebody outside of her family loved her, that she mattered. You know, I think there are a lot of people here today that say, I don't know if I matter because of what I've done, what I've become, where I've gone. I don't know if God loves me. I don't know if I deserve that. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you and I could come to him and recover who he made us to be. And in that, we can matter. We know that he loves us because he died on the cross for us. I mean, you talk about a willingness to show you and me how much he loves us. And I want you to hear that today. I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that you're loved. I want you to know just the way you are is how God created you and what he's got for you. Now, you've got some wrong ways of thinking. You've allowed some neural pathways to develop deep ruts that need changed. Give him complete control. Allow him to come in and point out the lies in your life that you can then level it with the word of God. Begin to declare what God's plan is over you and his truth over you. And I'll just tell you, when your thinking changes, now your life is going to change and you're going to experience his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
as we go to communion, and if you didn't get uh, the little cups on the way in, there's going to be a song. You're going to have plenty of time during that song to go out and, uh, and to get a, a, a communion cup. As we celebrate communion, I want you to remember what Jesus did for you on the cross, that he loved you that much, that he died for you. In fact, when we take the bread and we look at it, we remember that that's at that last supper, he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Like, I'm willing to do this so that we can, so you know how loved you are, so that you can be restored. And then he took the cup and he, he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. He said, I'm going to shed my blood for you. I'm like going to actually lose my life, not just go through torture and pain, but I'm going to have the Father reject me for you because I love you and I want to restore you. And so if you're a follower of Jesus today, if you've ever said yes to Jesus, we want you to join us for communion. If you're here today and you've never said yes to him, you can't even begin to, this journey because you don't have the power. Well, would you just come to him and say, Jesus, I trust in what you did on the cross that you can make me new that you can restore me, that you can forgive me, that I've been made in your image and you love me, and I want that. And I want you to begin to work in my life and, and transform me because I want to be renewed in my mind. W would you just give him your life today and allow his Holy Spirit to begin to work in your life? And as we sing this song, as we sing this song, would you, would you just write one declaration of about a, that, that, that covers a lie that you believe for a long time? We all have one. We all have multiple ones. You know what mine is? I think, you know, I've been reflecting this series. What's the, what's the Achilles heel for Andy mine? And I think it's that I'm not good enough. You, you know, if, if, if I'm honest, if I go back to the depths, you know, peel back all the layers, you got these, you got one too. I think it's that I'm not good enough. I, I've been talking to a lot of pastor friends and they feel the same way. It's like, it's amazing, but I think that's not just pastors. I think like, like, why ever, you ever have preach good enough, or lead good enough, or, or live good enough, or, and you go through the, and, and, and maybe things have happened to you, and all of a sudden you think, I don't know, maybe that just confirms I'm not good enough. I just wonder what it is for you, because when you think that way, it's going to lead to behaviors, it's going to lead to actions that counter everything that God's been trying to tell you. And so today, if you're like me, I want you to know you're good enough. No matter what else happens, no matter what someone says, no matter what someone does, no matter how you see yourself, no matter how you perform, you're good enough. You're a child of God. And so I've got a declaration for that. I want you to look at the lie in your life. I want you to exchange it for the truth. I want you to exchange it so that you begin to, to live without that weight on you of trying to compare yourself and trying to be good enough or whatever it is maybe it's you feel like you've been a mistake you've made too many mistakes and you can never be good M maybe it's that you don't feel like you have a certain gift maybe it's that other people have hurt you in some ways and it's just you feel like you'll never be able to get over that and and maybe you deserve that well, whatever it might be would you declare God's promises over your life today would you make that declaration begin to internalize that because when you change your thinking you're going to change your life there's a song and we're going to sing it's a new song and you can remain seated as we sing this and i want you to take communion right at your seats the bread is on the top and if you peel back another layer the juice will be there it says here i stand before you now as honestly as i know how broken by the days gone by 
Spirit, help my soul to rise. I try my best, but still I fail. And even then, you are with me there. You remind me I'm a child of God. Rest in that today. You're his child. He's got a great plan for you. Let him transform you so that you can fly. That, that's what he wants for you. Let's sing together. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend because changed lives change lives.